Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Golfers Show, the show that is all about shafts and balls. <laughs> Sorry, I knew you were going to like that. I could tell. I purposely said that. This is I'm going good. downhill real quick. <laughs> So today, I, uh, sorry, once I say this a lot, full disclosure. Now, this whole golfers thing that we're doing with golf media, this is Michael's um, child. You know, you've, you've birthed this idea and it's working. It's great stuff. So I'm, and I'm new, you know, you've brought me into the fold. So there's a little part of me that quite likes just testing the boundaries with you. Yeah. Well, if it's my child, then you're not babysitting ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. okay. All okay. right. Great. Great. Cool. cool. Well, we're here with the Golfers Show, and today we're chatting to Stephen Hayes. He's the Golf Services Manager at Akarana, and he's got a nice story as to how he's ended up there and where he wants to go. He's early in his administrative career, so we'll get his insight. Well, I'm just going to pause you right there, buddy. What is Akarana for those that don't know? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Sorry, I should have realized that. Akarana, uh, actually appropriately pronounced as Akarana, is a golf club in Auckland. It's um, it's a good course. It's a great members course. And the greens are great. Seriously, they are really, really fast. And I love this place. I'm a member there. Yeah, we'll chat to Steve and get an insight. Very good. Michael, are you well at your end? Everything okay? Talk to me. Yep. No, it's everything's going well. What can I say? I don't even know what... Yeah, I... I, I Really do not know what day it is. I've got no idea. You know when, you know when uh, general, you know, before this, you've, it was a Friday. It felt like a Friday. Sunday felt like a Sunday for some weird reason. You know what I mean? You have these kind of mm. feelings about a day. Mm. I don't have that. I've lost that. So, I, I mm. you know, Kiss was saying to me last, uh, my wife was saying to me last night, um, you know, it's it's Friday night or whatever. And I was like, it, it, uh, is it? I don't know. Does It doesn't feel like it. Who cares? Yeah. Does that make any difference? What is it, you know? It just feels like one long day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything's just a big like time. Time is yeah crazy. Yeah, crazy. Those those people who are still working, they um, you know, the essential workers. I'm sure they've got that structure that kind of reflects the working week. But yeah, at the moment, it just feels like a big blob of time. Do you think people are going to find it easy to get back into you know regular routine, like actually go back to work? Like there'd be mm. some people be like, mm, this has been kind of good. I've been kind of enjoying kind of. Waking up when I want and playing PlayStation or watching Netflix. And what, what do you think people are going to, how do you think people are going to behave having to go back and clock in at 8.30 and finish at 6? What's going to happen there? Well, I went for a walk yesterday and bumped into uh, one of the neighbours and she was saying that she is really taken aback by just how lazy she's become. Mm. So she's a mum, a um, couple of kids, and she's just saying, yeah, I've, I'm really lazy right now. So I feel like people have just taken their foot off the gas and they've realised that their engine needed some looking at. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think we'll transition and things probably will, you know, as soon as people feel safe, I think it will be all go. You know, people will spend, 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 and they'll be out there getting it done. But I think it'll be a slow wind up before people will really get back to being productive again. I guess that's speaking from my experience. But, yeah, it's going to be weird being productive. <laughs> it really will be. It will be. Well, what's, what's the first thing you're going to do? Where's, where's the first place you're going to go? Oh, man, I, I can't really think of anything better than a golf club. But do you know what I miss? Do you want to miss, Michael? What's that? I miss going to a bar and I miss restaurants. I know that's pretentious, but I just do. I miss going up and going, yeah, I'll have – the IPA, thank you. And then they pour it and you drink it and it's lovely. Well, you're going to be missing that for a, a, a while because under, you know, the next level that we're going to be living under, that ain't happening. 
Yeah, 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 I know, I know. But beers at home is just not the same. Beers at home is good. Beers at home is much better than no beers. But bar beers are the best beers. And I miss, yeah, I miss that. But, I mean, then definitely golf. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait to go practice some damn putting because at the moment I don't know where I'm going to be hitting the ball. Not good. <laughs> not good. Yeah. Um, a question for you, Michael. Yeah. How many golf clubs are you allowed in your bag? It's 14, isn't it? Ah, uh, uh, correct. Okay, I was just checking just in case. <laughs> I was looking at today, to, and they sort of explained the story as to how that came to be. Apparently, in the 1920s, golfers were only using hickory shafted golf clubs because that's as far as the technology was going. So um, everyone had around sort of, you know, a handful of clubs here and there, probably around 10 to 14 clubs naturally anyway. Um, but the steel shafted clubs came out, and as the technology progressed, and the USGA approved steel shafts in the US but the RNA they weren't that happy about it because they didn't really like this sort of advancement going those damn Americans how dare they so they took a while to, to sort of what would you call it the rules catch up the RNA were just like not really interested so what that led people to do is in their golf bags they started putting steel shafts and hickory shafts in their bags which led people having apparently there was some pros at that time playing with two like the caddy had to carry two bags like with hickory clubs and steel clubs some of them had like 30 clubs in their bag wow so apparently um, one guy, he won the US and the British Amateur in the 1930s, and he actually had 30 clubs. Most people had around, um, once the steel shafted stuff started leaking into the, the golfing community, had around 18. And in the end, the RNA were like, oh, this is rubbish, it's getting ridiculous. And they were concerned that the game was going to be too easy for people who had enough money to buy all the clubs in the world. Mm, mm. So they came and said, we need a limit. And they just ended up having 14 clubs. And that was just like the sort of arbitrary number. Like you can't find any um, thing to say why 14, but I think that was the number they just ended on. So it's been that way ever since the 30s, almost 100 years. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I've always wondered that because, I mean, 14 just sounds random. I mean, why not 18 to match the number of holes or, you know? Yeah. Well, because the um, one of the strange things about having more clubs in your bag is if you get caught trying to call someone out for it, you actually look like the loser. It's a very strange thing to police. I've played with people where I've looked in their bags, and these have been in tournaments where you're like, hey, what are you doing, mate? And you go, geez, there's 16 clubs in there. But if you say it, you've then been that guy who's called them out for it, and then all of a sudden the whole atmosphere in your, for the rest of the round is dead. I mean, what do you do? What do you do there? Well, that's part of the, that's part of the tradition and, and I guess uh, I want to say romance of the game or, or, or charm of the game is that it's self-policing, isn't it? Because there's so mm. much you can do on a golf course without anybody looking. So I guess somebody looking in your bag is kind of not quite in the spirit of the game because you're supposed to be doing looking after your, your own business, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, I the only so. thing the only thing is getting somebody to check your school card. That's the only thing that requires auditing, if you will, by by your uh, fellow player. Yeah, true. True. Golf really is the only sport where you you do self police like that. Whereas a lot of the others, a lot of other sports, I can think of, you kind of want to get away with breaking the rules. You know, little nudging of the rules here and there. You're trying to trying to bypass them a little bit. Yeah, we don't have anybody anybody like that in golf, really, do we? Yeah, Patrick Reed. Absolutely. Well, they're funny. I played with my uh, my cousin quite a few years ago. He uh, noticed. I noticed in his bag that he had. I was. I'm, I sound like I'm the club police, but it was ridiculous. Like he literally had about 25 clubs because he was just a kind of a non-golfer. And I said, "Mate, you're only allowed 14." And we just had a bit of a laugh. So he snapped a few over his over his knee and threw them into the bush. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's the sort of he got rid of those hickory clubs real quick. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he threw the hickory into the hickory. Um, so uh, today, let's catch up with our man, Stephen Hayes. Love it. 
And here he is now, Stephen Hayes. Happy quarantine to you, sir. You too, boys. How are we holding up? <laughs> We'd love to see you in person, mate. Exactly. I know. Hopefully just a few more days, eh? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Just a few more days. How, how's, how's it through your eyes at this point? Um, I mean, I guess it's just the, the uncertainty, if you know what I mean. And I mean, there are a lot of revenue streams that have, are going to dry up. So it's just sort of re-strategizing sort of on what sort of revenue streams you want to sort of hone in on, I guess, because we won't have any of the corporate activity. It'll just sort of be, I guess, once we get up and running, it'll just be sort of member member based and the, the clubhouse won't be functional obviously under level three the bar will be closed the cafe will be closed so just really looking at how we can maximize that and with the obviously things turning into a recession in time um, trying to get the members the most value they can out of their memberships there will be procedures in place where sort of the whole the whole golfing experience becomes a little bit more contactless so everyone will have to book in online or ring up the shop you can't just turn up and expect to play, if you know what I mean. Mm, okay. So those those sorts of procedures, um, yeah. So no swapping of cards and just the usual sort of no no rakes and bunkers, no flags being taken out of the holes, that sort of stuff. And then limit the group sizes that you go out and play with. Yeah. And what yeah, sort of sure. condition is the course in at the moment, Steve? From what I understand, it's really good. Oh wow! Not, not that bad. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's the because we've got quite a lot of kakuya out there. So I don't know if that sort of just holds its shape a little bit more or if it. I mean, the greens, just really, really happy that we got to get out there and cut the greens because they are obviously, most people like Akarana for the um, for the greens and the consistency they have throughout the year. So, yeah, it's just really key that we got got out there and got to do some maintenance on those. And and when the greenkeepers, before they were given the green light to get out there and actually get on with it, what was the sort of vibe there? Everyone knew it was quite necessary to get out there. Like You could see the look on Stu's face. He was really worried four weeks of not being able to do anything. It was just, I mean, I'm no, I'm no turf expert, but yeah, you could just see the concern on everyone's face and you could just see the, um, the petitions going around on Facebook and everyone knew the seriousness of the situation. Yeah. And this is, you've been thrown in the deep end here, Steve, because you haven't, how long have you been uh, the services manager there now? I think I was before the, uh, the lockdown about five, five and a half months, I'd say. Far out. Yeah. So you, you, I mean, obviously, there's time off involved, but you don't really want to negotiate um, a pandemic during a new job. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. I mean, yeah. the the best thing about Akarana is that we are we are a really really good club. I mean, we run things really really well. We we're close to the city centre, so we've had our we've had our run of corporate activity, and yeah, it's just hopefully we can sort of get these groups get down to level one as soon as possible and get these group sizes up so we can start to have some tournaments again, get the Akarana Open back and get some uh, festivities back at the club. Yeah, absolutely. We're craving it, aren't we? The, the exactly. corporate days, those things, um, you don't really hear a lot about those when you're just sort of a member and playing kind of at a distance. But, man, mm. those things are huge for golf clubs, eh? Like, don't they just print money, those events? Yeah, we provide a really good day. I mean, for Akarana, we're one of the clubs that people can actually Uber to and from. If you know what I mean, if you go, a lot of clubs are on the outskirts, so they get a bit niggly if you want to have a few beers. They're, they're really good days, and they are really good to sort of get people just feeling and a good feeling into golf, and I think Akarana is a really good course for that because it can be can be quite friendly, but for the um, good players, it's definitely challenging too. Yeah. And how many corporate days did you have to, um, to, to shut down with all this? Uh, I would say we prof- two, two a week, I would say. Leading up till about May. Far out. 
Yeah, I mean, Man, they, it's gutting. Yeah, for sure. They range in sizes, but yeah, it's just they are great, great little money makers. Those and yeah, it is, it is, a, it is a shame. But everyone's hurting at the same time. And a little bit about your journey. How have you ended up being the service manager? And is it something you ever thought you would be doing? Uh, not really. No, I mean, I mean, I had to listen to your brothers. Um, you could, you had your brother on the other day, and there was quite kind of a similar story to me, really. So I played professional golf for about three years. And then just got to the last year and just really didn't like the kind of person I was becoming out on the golf course, you know, just always angry. And, and once you, once you see the other people and you're not, you're not motivated and as much as them to sort of get there, you just, you realize you're wasting your time. Mm. But yeah, so I decided to, to end that and then sort of join the real world and then worked at, um, media works in the television department for about a, just over a year. Yeah. And then, yeah, I was just wanting to get back into sports somehow. And I didn't think uh, sort of journalism or reporting was the way I wanted to go. And I wanted to sort of hone more into something I know exactly, which is golf. So, and then Hayden McCullum happened to just message me and say, there's a, um, there's a job going to Akarana. And I was wow. like, wow, okay, we'll have a, have a look at it. And then, yeah, here we go. Wow. And what were some of the things that you've learned over the last sort of, you know, pandemic aside, what are some of the key takeaways you've learned in this short period of time of being in the deep end with us? In the deep end, uh, golfers can never be pleased. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just something. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great to talk to other guys that work around at golf clubs and it's yeah. Same, same deal everywhere. Yeah. They love, they love their club, but there's always something wrong with it. Yeah, but yeah. I, bet, I bet your inbox has been real fun the last uh, three or four weeks, mate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm really enjoying it. Just questions of uh, how can they get their money back? Oh, God, yeah. really? Oh, God, really? Mm. Oh, God, that yeah. is so – that's the last thing that, you know, is a priority right now because it's like, okay, we can deal with that later, eh? Not right now. Far yeah, out. Yeah, hard out. That's exactly. one of the things, and we, we don't want to go too negative here, but one of the things that just blows my mind is that, you know, that culture you've got there, there's actually a culture of complaining to the services manager at golf clubs. And that infuriates me because if you are a member of a golf club, that means most, you know, you have enough money to be one. So it's first of all, you're doing pretty well because you can afford a damn membership, which is an extreme luxury. Um, mm-hmm. You're walking out on manicured grass, in your case, just outside of a city center. And you, you, you know, you're playing with other people, you're socializing and you're angry because there's a tree that pokes out a little bit too far on the fifth, you know, like just <laughs> the, the, the ridiculousness of that proposition to uh, complain. I just want to slap people like that and they give us all a bad name and it does my head in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, you get the guys complaining the day after people get back on the course after cord greens, you know, it's just like, well, come on. Do you just have to sort of smile and go, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to, got to make got to make yourself look pretty and just nod and agree and yeah <laughs> give them a give them a confirmation email that you're you're looking into it yeah and i guess the, the, the i guess the positive side of that is it's probably a vocal minority um it's just that you're likely to only hear it's kind of like an it person they only hear from people when the computer's broken it's not like someone yeah. rings up and goes tell you what my pc's quick <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and i i mean I guess I guess the best thing about Akarana is yeah the people are really great. I mean you you guys play there you you'd know about it. They they are a really really friendly bunch. I I just can't can't thank them enough for the start that I've had there. And yeah hopefully we can get through this together and push throughout the other side. So Stephen so there's is there a plan in place to uh try and uh 
put on the Yakarana Open again at a later date this year? Uh, at this stage, I'm not really sure. I mean, I know that they said it was postponed, and I think the dates, correct me if I'm wrong, but potentially, I mean, October-ish, possibly. Okay. Mm. okay. So, I mean, ho- hopefully. I mean, that'll give us enough time to get back sorted, and then, yeah, it's, I guess it's just not a great weather time of the year, especially for Auckland golf courses. Yeah. For sure. That's yeah. That's funny. Auckland, I wonder if that, Auckland's one of the only regions where, you know, the courses in the winter are close to unplayable a lot of the time. I didn't even know that was a thing, you know, growing up in the Waikato. Was that the case mm. in Taranaki for you? No, nah, we, were, we were always fine. I mean, the, the courses closer to the mountain were tricky, but I grew up at New Plymouth, which is by the sea and just drained like a dream, kind of like Mirawai in a way. But yeah, I mean, a lot of these courses, when I first moved up to Auckland, you go out and play on a play with your mates you go out to golf harbour and all those kinds of courses in the winter and it's just like rivers down the fairway sometimes yeah and when you were playing as a pro no doubt there was you know the goals are pretty obvious you want to make money you want to win this event that event and and be at this point and this point of time how have your goals changed now that you've moved into the administrative side yeah i mean i always kind of had i guess other goals other than golf because i i did go i went to university and did business so i I kind of see the sort of the general management line more of where I'm aiming towards. So I definitely have goals in terms of business that I want to achieve. Um, And yeah, I think just starting out at Akarana in this role has just been great because it's such a busy club. I mean, we've got 900 plus members. We're getting our our female membership base up. So I mean, yeah, hopefully – Hopefully I can take these learnings and either apply them in Akarana or somewhere else. Awesome. Well, Steve, it's good to have, you know, a young face in the industry up and coming and, and passionate and enthusiastic about the whole thing. So good luck to you. All the best navigating this COVID-19 storm that we're in. Cheers, mate. Appreciate that. Thanks, mate. Right, stay safe, boys. Right, bye. 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 I love Akarana Golf Club. When I came back to New Zealand from the UK, I wanted to start playing again. And a lady that I was at the radio station I was working for, she goes, Oh, do you play golf? I was like, yeah. She goes, you should join Akarana. It's a, it's a really nice club. It's really friendly. And I got there and it was exactly that. People from all walks of life, um, everyone was really nice. And I know we were talking a bit smack there about the members that moan. But, you know, every club's got 10% of losers. It's a case. That's what golf is. And, but- and speaking of the 10% of losers, I'm actually a member there as well. <laughs> and and here's, a, here's a little known fact um, or, or, or a widely known fact. No, it's a little known fact. Um, it's the first club I've ever been a member of. How about yeah, that? What, what was it like for you going it's, it's, from? Well, it's fantastic. I mean, I, I I've always been a green fee player or played at public courses and just rocked up and played my, you know, 20, 30, 40 bucks, whatever. And uh, this was the first club I felt like you know I wanted to be a member of. So that's how mm. fantastic is that? Yeah, and it's the perfect balance because they put the the the, the blue tees that are quite a way back. They really do offer a great challenge for. This sounds like an advertisement, Akarana, but this is actually what we genuinely think. Um, the the blue tees they put them far enough back for uh you know to be a challenge for your your lower handicappers but then the white tees is a real sort of you know playable friendly golfing experience so blim and love it yeah um we had a bit of fun this year at twilight didn't we mate yeah also at twilight how good's twilight god's sake nine holes big teams event big roast dinner afterwards a couple of beers beautiful um but that's us today on the golfers show we'll see you next time we've got uh we have been i would say somewhat overwhelmed with the guests in that they're coming at us from all angles um so it looks like uh we've really started something here so if you've joined us early you can say that oh i got into the golfers show before it went mainstream 
<laughs> you, know, you know, you know how they do that with bands. So, oh, I liked Muse before they went mainstream. So, so what you're what you're saying is we're about to go downhill fast. We're, we're basically uh, jumping the shark from this point on. Yeah, well, yeah, we're, 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 we basically want to sell out. That's right. what we want to do. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, we loads of advertising coming. This is brought to you by X and Y and Z, and loads of ads. That's that's still to come, folks. Yeah, yeah, more ads and content. That's the play. Brilliant. Um, Love all it. the best, and we'll see you next time on the Golfer Show. Bye. <laughs>